this is Brunch with Brent. Uh, I'm Brent Jerva, and joining me today is Sri Ramkrishna. Uh, Sri, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Sri, some people will know you, well, you, you've been around for quite some time, I would say. Some will know you for being quite involved with the gnome community. Uh, how long has that been since you've been involved with the gnome community? I, I think it's been a little while, right? Um, I believe I started in 1998. I'm definitely what they would call the, part of the old farts club. <laughs> <laughs> so, affectionately so. How has that felt to be, well, called that, but also you, you, one of the things I'm excited to dive into is the perspective that you must have gained throughout that time, you know, as things kind of shift and move in both the open source community, the Linux community and, and everything surrounding that. So I, I would imagine you've seen some changes there. Oh yeah. I've seen a lot of changes over the time, especially in, in the GNOME project and of course in, in the open source sector externally. Yeah. So plenty of things have changed. Mm-hmm. What's something that kind of sticks out for you as, as either uh, maybe something positive that's kind of shifted? At least in the desktop, or I guess I'm, I'm going to relabel that as the apps community. We, um, you know, we, we've gotten further refined in our engineering. And I think we had this idea that we have to work much closer with the rest of the other open source communities out there. And I know in my personal endeavors, it's, it's, it's about building that relationship with the rest of open source, uh, the uh, other desktop projects, all of that, because only uh, as a singular community, I think, can we get where we want to go. Hmm. And, and how would you describe then where we want to go? That's a tricky question, I would imagine. Well, you know, every every project has their own uh, path of where they want to go. But I think we could all agree that we would like to increase our share of the market. Um, and there's a lot of great things that comes from that with with the greatest share of the market, especially in consumer space, uh, we actually get to drive contributions in the other ecosystems, right? So uh. if everybody's using a open source or free software desktop, that means consumer hardware is going to be also be forced to support those desktops, which means that good support in drivers needs to happen in Linux kernel, right? And, and in the past, we've always had a, a fairly close relationship with the uh, kernel people, especially in, during the, the GNOME 2 days or the KD3 days, you know, um, because that was the bulk of the engineering that was happening, right, in order to support things like hardware detection or hot, hot pluggable devices. We, we had to engineer them because it wasn't there previously. And those are things we just take for granted these days, you know, that kind of stuff is essential for, for any of us using uh, using the software that we do now. But uh, a lot of people put a lot of hard work into making that possible. It sounds like collaboration was key key to doing that. Yes, absolutely. Um, we were working with each other, you know, quite early in the period. And one of the changes, going back to your other question, about 
what's happening in the open source field is I think a lot of companies have been building communities initially as silos, but to go further, they need to start interacting with the rest, right? That's, that is where you become more powerful. So if you're, if you're building a uh, config manager system, then you, you want to work closely with the Kubernetes community or you want to work with the OpenStack community, right? So it's not just like using config manager to do bare metal. Now you want to be working with the, with the cloud projects, right? So just, just as a corporate level open source example, um, in, the same, in the same spirit, in the in the apps community, we, we want to want to be working together as well to build um, um, at least various standards with each other, so that we can we can present ourselves as a as a singular community as well. You described there some early kind of um, collaborations, and of course, those have been happening throughout the history of Linux. Uh, that's sort of the spirit of what's making all this possible and uh, the reason many of us are here. Um, but do you think it's a bit of a misunderstanding then that there are these sort of silos around certain software or communities um, that maybe those who are involved deeply uh, in the software and the hardware there are actually interacting in the background, but that's not sort of seen by end users necessarily. And I'm, I'm thinking to the, you know, sort of Reddit users that we all sort of despise uh, and things like that. But so do you think there's a disconnect there between what's, what, what people believe and what's actually happening? Oh, so I'll make a comment about the Reddit community, which I don't want to characterize that as being despised. But there is a high amount of tribalism that occurs in forums, right? So uh, Reddit or Slashdot or any of these others, uh, they think these these projects that they're a part of, they use, are in contention with the others, right? So um, we're not really like that. I, I think for the most part, we've, we've sort of stayed in our own kind of corners, but only in the past, I would say, year and a half or so, we, we've been connecting on different initiatives um, that uh, I, I think has spurred further collaboration. So uh, the, the Linux App Summit is one. Um, we're doing some things with community metrics, uh, some of those things are things I could talk about, right? So, because I, I'm I'm part of those projects and and I'm working with the with the other communities for that. In the background, we're still um, working with each other, and you know, there there's not contention. You know, you called yourself sort of uh, one of the old guys in the community, but it seems to me like the value of long term relationships with anyone who's working on some of these projects means that as, as things evolve, as the technology evolves, as the people evolve and where, where your, you know, interests evolve as well means that you have all these connections everywhere that, that you can sort of build off of. So, so the tribalism that you sort of described is, is not really useful because you may end up in the other tribe, you know, or quote unquote tribe, uh, at any point. So it, it doesn't really make sense to, uh, to put up some walls. Uh, and, and it seems to me from what I know of you that lots of your work has been focused on breaking down those walls or at least putting connections between them all. 
That's right. It's interesting that this is sort of what I do for a living <laughs> is is to build relationships with with, with ecosystems and uh, and and so forth. And so that gets me thinking about you know you mentioned the Linux App Summit and that was a bit of an idea of yours that has evolved and become quite an amazing thing. Can you can you run us through that a little bit? You know, uh, I came up with the idea like five six years ago that I saw that we, we've come to a point technologically because we have uh, ubiquitous applications as a technology, right? So you have your Snaps or Snapcraft, you have um, Flatpak, and we now have the kind of ability to change how applications are distributed, right, based on a runtime of some sort. So we're, we're taking all the ideas from the containers that's been, that's grown so popular and applied that in the desktop. And I, I realized that this is something that we could take advantage of because instead of like using a distribution centric model, we can do a more app centric model. Mm. And, the difference is, is that you could scale that, right? An app-centric model is, is kind of what the Windows and the app and Mac OS world is. If you use packaging, you know, everything goes through this process of packaging and a distro. But the complexity involved of building an application on Linux is so much more. <laughs> and in a lot of times, you're not even in control of your own distribution. But in, in a flat in a flat pack snap world or ubiquitous app world, um, we could build an application market. So I had presented that idea with uh, the GNOME Foundation board, and and I said, "This is a great idea. Let's do this." Now, I spoke from a bit of ignorance because I've never put on a conference before. <laughs> Sometimes that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, I had I had told them. Oh yeah, it won't cost us any money. And to do this conference required me to learn <laughs> a whole set of new skills. <laughs> a lot of it around marketing, a lot about fundraising and 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 being able to put something conceptual that is people can digest. And the the first one was quite a test uh, of those abilities, but you know, over time we're 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 getting better, and and you know the the people who came together to build that team were just just simply amazing people, and it's great that I get to keep working with them every year. But yes, it it, it was a the first one was ex- very exhausting because everything is done new, right? Mm. Your your concepts are new. You have to explain to people what this concept on before it it starts catching hold. And the next iteration is better. And then the third iteration, now there's more people joining. It's getting more diverse. There are more stakeholders. Um, And so I I think the best part is that we're able to keep expanding on this concept. And I think people really get it now. And now that four years have passed, that, that apps is important. How does it feel now, considering you had a vision, you know, four four years ago? Um, but does it feel like four years is a long time for people to start getting it? Uh, and and obviously there were some early adopters. Um, but do you do you feel like you've reached your goal? Maybe that's another way of putting it. We haven't reached it yet, 
but it's getting there. Okay. I, I told you about silification and everything else, but this is a great vehicle to bring bring us closer to the other ecosystems, uh, to the other uh, projects, right? Because apps are not just desktop apps, right? When we say apps, we're talking about an application that runs on the Linux platform. And that also means it could be any applications. It could be your Kubernetes application. I, I don't know. I've, but we're not trying to, to make it very specific. So this allows us to reach out to other communities around the concept of applications. Mm-hmm. And, and one real success that came from the Linux App Summit and it, it's changed names because of that success, um, is the collaborations with the KDE community. Um, I know you've been working with Alish Pohl, which who I had a, a chat with here on brunch as well about that. And he touched on it a little bit. Um, but it sounds like, yeah, there's some real tangible successes that are coming from bringing all of these great people together. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the last Linux app summit really brought in a greater closeness and, collaborations uh, uh, not only do we work well together right we we trust each other and, and that's that's probably one of the biggest successes to be able to do that I, I consider Alicia a friend of mine um, and all of them you know they're we support each other and it's for me that's that's a huge success because we're able to get rid of walls and move something we're all passionate about forward you said that one of the most important things was trust. And that's not something we talk about too often. Uh, but I think you're right. That is something that's essential uh, in, in working together. And I've been lucky enough to sort of virtually meet some of the people I think that you're talking about. Um, you know, we mentioned Alish Pohl. And uh, I have also spoken with Nerdsy Sanchez, we've had a similar conversation. She's pretty amazing. Heather Ellsworth as well is is really great. Uh, and all of these people come from some different backgrounds and all of that's coming together into some, uh, I, I guess, really cool collab- community collaborations, right? And and are there a few others uh, you'd like to mention to, just to give a shout out? Uh, I think the the people working around the, the flat pack, the flat hub, um, the GNOME and uh, KD communities have been working together. You know, we're building a, a foundational s- store for both uh, GNOME and KD apps or any other apps out there. Um, I, I think that's that's another great great uh, place that um, uh, people are working on. The flat pack. I don't know everyone around it. I know that that's a collaboration, but. Um, there are uh, a couple in the uh, chaos uh, project that we're working on, and this is this is around metrics, right? Hmm. And community metrics for our communities, because working on our projects is a little different than, let's say, a, a corporate-sponsored project. Because we deal with the public, and as you, as I was telling you before about Reddit, we have a class of problems that don't necessarily <laughs> that a corporate corporate projects don't have, right? Because we deal with tribalism in in every part. I can't speak for KDE, but 
but for GNOME, it, it appears in bug reports, feature requests, forums. You know, it's omnipresent <laughs> for us. It sounds like an omnipresence of some negativity, right? Is that what you're referring to? Negativity. Um, and also positive things, too. Okay. It's just that when you're building the interface for your hardware and something changes, it's a very emotional experience for some technologists, hmm. <laughs> right? Because they put so much into their workflow. It's the perfect workflow. And when something changes, it's it, it can create rage, right? Um, so I understand where it comes from. But you know, abusing abusing the project is is not a, is not a great great look. <laughs> Generally, doesn't uh, give the results you're looking for, anyways, right? So um, that's not really a, a sound approach. Right, exactly. But we're we're building this another committee uh, with Georg Link and Nerdsy as well, and Neo uh, from the KDE project and myself. Um, so we're we're the foundational members for that for that group. And this is, again, another way to get out of our silos and be able to show through metrics what our community is doing, how they're doing, find out the health of our community, and be able to figure, find ways to improve our relationships with the community at large by a more data-driven approach. Sounds fascinating. And sounds like that work is really important. You know, the, the more I'm getting to have conversations with people who, who are all over, the, you know, different parts of what is uh, our open source software and communities, the more I'm realizing that, like you're, like you're saying, community building and those like non-developer skills uh, are actually some of the more important things for the longevity of some of these projects. And I mean, it sounds in many ways like you've dedicated most of your sort of, uh, well, can I say most of your life at this point to, to um, making a, a difference there? Uh, certainly. You know, I, I was never a big coder, so I, I naturally fit into this space uh, that works for me. And, uh, and I enjoy building relationships or connecting people or any of those things. Those are, those are things that, that really drives me as a person. What was it then, you know, in the beginning that, uh, that kind of attracted you to open source software in the first place and Linux and, and GNOME specifically, uh, you know, what, what has kind of grabbed you and, and kept you here? So, um, I joined GNOME because I started off just like that kind of, uh, tribalness. <laughs> uh, at the time we started, right, uh, Linux was coming up, right? Linux was was out there being installed by systems administrators in secret, right? It was it was, uh, it was a, like a little revolution that was happening, and these these desktop projects started coming up because they were very aspirational, right? We wanted to build a desktop uh, and um, you know when KD came out that was exciting uh, Gnome came followed after that uh, I I for some reason was attracted more to the Gnome project than I was with the KDE project and I think part of that was because I like C more than I like C++ <laughs> I know it's really 
a technologic technologist thing, but that's that was kind of one of the reasons. It's part of the preference spectrum, right? So that makes sense to me. It's sort of funny because I think uh, our prejudice against C++ in the project is what kind of binds us together at times. <laughs> <laughs> the, the great thing about GNOME is it's always reinventing itself in, in some shape, way, or form, right? Um, the first version of GNOME was terrible software engineering, you know, maybe on a blue moon, um, you know, on a certain day, you can get the whole thing to compile. It was full of bugs and features. And then um, the next iteration was the real transformational change, right? We we added accessibility. We, we, we learned a lot of things. We, we realized that software engineering was a really important part and put a lot of controls in, which of course made a lot of our public upset. And so this whole meme about features being changed uh, or removed came actually came from that era. Then, you know, you get down to the the third, third iteration and now we've, we've separated uh, the user experience from the platform. And then we added designers, right? So, you know, primarily in the past, it has always been coders working on it. Now, you're, now you've changed the workflow to designers. So I find all of this fascinating because how we work together and trying to build something that works is just fascinating. There's still some more challenges out there that kind of keeps being there because the interesting bit now is in order to continue to grow, you actually have to build your non-technical base up, right? Because scalability is a is an issue. There are lots of projects that have high complexity, but they need people to to deal with uh, the bugs, uh, triage the bugs, maintain order in the in the in the threads are out there, and so forth. And I think a lot of that non-technical, uh, I'm finding the right word, and not contributions kind of works because we moved to a much more modern platform like GitLab, right? So um, I, I think it allows for that kind of growth of non-technical uh, contributors. It's just a, a continual set of, of changes as we keep keep going. It sounds in many ways like a maturing and uh, a sort of natural, organic growth in directions that are needed, you know, um, not throwing away the technical, but just sort of uh, supporting it with all of these uh, aspects around it that that sort of create the, the more human connection, perhaps. That's right. And we want to keep evolving because there's just a lot of great stuff that we need to take advantage of. And I know as a project, I would, I would like to see GNOME work closely with as many other projects as well, because there's a lot of things we can learn from each other. Are you seeing the same kind of uh, energy and hope from other projects in the direction of GNOME, for instance? Like I know you're describing uh, that sort of 
uh, hope to reach out and collaborate, but are you seeing that the other way as well? I don't know, but when I am interfacing with them, they definitely feel excited about it. That's a good sign. <laughs> I get around more than a lot of the other project members. <laughs> And by get around, you mean sort of traveling to other um, conferences, many conferences and meeting people and sort of building sort of one-to-one relationships. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. I'm a little bit more exposed to my work, right? Um, Or my work history. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in other ecosystems like the Linux Foundation ecosystems, corporate open source, a lot of those things. So, you know, I, 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 I have networks outside of the the desktop space, meaning I get to see various perceptional things by watching what other projects do. And I work with a lot of those people too in the open source program offices, things like that. Sounds like a a really well-rounded perspective. (laughs) Yes, uh, I suppose so, yeah. It's interesting how ecosystem or project works. And I learn a lot of things and how their contributions happen, uh, how they accept contributions, uh, how they work in, in, in their bugs, which helps me look in and see how, you know, can we adapt some of those or maybe the other way around, what can we adapt from, from GNOME or from KDE or from the desktop projects? So it gives me an opportunity to to be an interface that's bi-directional. It, it feels almost like a communication of uh, best practices in some way that that might, you know, and you could pick and choose which might fit for a, a certain purpose, uh, which, yeah, that sounds really useful, actually, instead of reinventing sort of the processes uh, continuously and in these little silos like you were referring to uh, previously. Right, right. Um you know, the, like the Kubernetes community has some really interesting methodology used labels for to for contributions that it looks very interesting to me as an example. Hmm. I don't know about that. Can you walk us through that just a little bit? Uh, they have a very automated setup. Um, you know, you put a contribution. There's uh, there's a, a series of steps that happen that is ushered in through various labels that tells you what state the, the contribution is at and uh, you know have you signed a CLA and or you know all these other things like when a new contribution comes in and so there there's definitely a, a flow that is in my mind um, deterministic right and it's which I think we lack um, in in GNOME now, again going back, when you're you're contributing to Kubernetes, it is a very fixed set of problems. Or you know, with the, it's not like like in a desktop space where you're you're essentially looking at infinite ways to do work. <laughs> Right, infinite workflows, <laughs> because you know people are always coming up with ways to do use their computer as a tool. Uh, but Kubernetes has a very fixed set of things that it's used for, um, whereas 
when you're dealing with humans on our side, it's infinite, right? It's whatever you come up with. Yeah. Sounds like humans are becoming the, uh, they are the main challenge and they're always going to be challenging and you, there's nothing you can do about that, right? <laughs> they will always be challenging. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the, one of the most interesting problems that we have because, uh, uh the tribalism, you get, you get the, uh, the conspiracy theories, <laughs> which, you know, Kubernetes doesn't, doesn't have that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, and yet it can also be beautiful work, right? Like uh, there's lots to celebrate about the human connection to the work that we do via VR computers and all of that. So um, I could see why that would keep you interested for sure. It's never a dull day. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, where you're working now and uh, what you're doing sort of on your day-to-day basis professionally? I work for a company called IT Renew. Um, they are in circular data centers. And my specific role is a principal ecosystems engineer. And we work primarily with the Open Compute Project. So I interface with parts of the Open Compute Project, parts of Kubernetes, parts of open source firmware project. So because uh, IT Renew is a hardware company. And so we use all these open tools to create an open platform, right? So mm-hmm. it, part of open infrastructure. It sounds like there are many connections there too. You said, you know, parts of this community, parts of that community. So it sounds like, again, you're a link between many of those to to try to create some some neat synergies. And a lot of times I'm, I'm not the subject matter expert. So, but I'm, I'm in news meetings and, and I surprise myself from speaking up from time to time. <laughs> for even though you know i may not know uh some of those some of those things but you know there's there's a definitely a um contributions that i try to make uh when possible but it's challenging to to be able to switch from let's say something on networking to storage or to firmware or <laughs> and um keep watching what things, what, what's happening and, and, um, and keep my, uh, company's interests in mind and my employer's interests in mind. Yeah, of course. What a balance. Uh, Shri, if you wanted to send something out to the community, uh, a sort of an ask, maybe something you'd like them to try, something you would like us to think about or to go see, what would be something you would send out there? Uh, I would encourage others to try to build an app application and sort of analyze what is hard, what is easy, how do you distribute it, that kind of things, and and maybe do a write-up because I think those are interesting things to know what the pain points are. I, in the aggregate, having that kind of information is good for us if we want as a community to evolve into something better that can compete with the other operating systems, non-Linux operating systems. It sounds like that would necessarily build some empathy as well for sort of the work that goes on behind most of this software in our open source community and how that works. And I think maybe another interesting aspect would be to challenge ourselves to shift our sort of thinking paradigm into the, the apps 
perspective instead of the the desktop perspective. Would you agree? You know, um, the desktop is is sort of a it doesn't have the power it used to have because in this day and age of web apps, it almost seems like the the desktop is superfluous, right? And so when people don't think the desktop is important, they don't believe that it is of interest, right? But if we rebrand it as apps or applications, then everybody understands that app, applications are important. And by shepherding an application's uh, community on Linux, it's a much easier ask. It, the The thing that people should understand is the apps community build an incredible amount of technology that people use every day. When I was at a Linux Foundation conference, I would take the time to go through the the various uh, booths and I would ask, oh, do you have you heard of GNOME or any of these others? And uh, they said no. And so I would bring up, do you know what Dbus is? Hmm. And they would said yes. <laughs> they said well, the apps community came up with Dbus. The, the the members of their community was the one built System D. I, the 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 very technology that we build um, came because we had to find ways to propagate hardware events <laughs> to the user in some fashion, right? Um, and so that's. You know, these are all foundations for all the other uh, technologies that people are using elsewhere. That's fascinating. Sri, thank you for joining me. If people wanted to get in contact with you to say hi or to sort of share some uh, thoughts with you, where would they best contact you? Uh, you can hit me on Twitter. It's, um, it's Esmeron Krishna, or you can email me at Sri at Ganam.org. That sounds great. Thank you so much for your time and uh, really appreciate our chat. It's been great.